It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by Price Picks. Price Picks is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use the code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week, you might be already in it, it might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience. And without robbing you of the joy, of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hey, how's it going? Welcome to episode number 399 of Locked On Raptors for Thursday, October 18th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. Find the show at Locked On Raptors, where you can find links to every single episode. And as always, make sure you're checking out the Locked On Podcast Network with team-focused shows for all 30 NBA teams, all 32 NFL teams. We've got Locked On Fantasy with Josh Lloyd, Locked On NBA with David Locke. We've got Locked On College shows all over the damn place. So much stuff for you to check out uh, if you are a, fan, a fan of a specific sports team and want a perfect local angle, local perspective, someone who's in the know on that team to talk about that team in depth every single day. Make sure you're finding the corresponding Locked On podcast for that team. It is a great resource to get a great perspective on the teams that you care about or the teams that you're just interested in. Uh, also, make sure you're checking out the... Also, make sure you're subscribing to all those shows on iTunes. If you support, if you want to support them, that's the best way to do it. These are free shows. All we ask is that you please subscribe, rate, review on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, all those different places. And you can do that with Locked On Raptors. We are on iTunes with our own page, and it's very, very appreciated if you take the small amount of time it requires to leave a rating or a review. 
Also, please uh, consider contributing to my Patreon page. I just started it this week. Uh, thank you to everyone who's already donated to the page. I am going to be doing a lot of really cool premium content. I already have one podcast up right now with Kelly Dwyer, the basketball blogging legend, of course, from the second arrangement formerly of Ball Don't Lie. It's a good chat with myself and Kelly, and if you want a good preview of the season and also some weird talk about Matt Bonner and a weird Q&A he did back in the mid-2000s, please uh, consider listening to that podcast, and you can do that by subscribing to my Patreon page, uh, patreon.com slash Sean Woodley Raptors. A bunch of different tiers you can contribute as a, a patron for. Any amount is deeply, deeply appreciated, so thank you in advance for uh, for considering doing that as well. All right, on today's show, I am joined by John Corrales. He is the host of Locked on Celtics, and we tee up Friday's big-ass matchup between the Raptors and the Celtics. It's very exciting stuff. These two teams are extremely good, are probably going to play some point deep in the playoffs, and myself and John kind of dive into all of it, whether it's, you know, tomorrow's you know, the, the small matchup stuff that might happen tomorrow and, and sort of what the Raptors might do starting-wise to uh, just sort of talking about both teams and how they stack up and the interchangeability, the questions about continuity that both teams have right now. We talked about Jason Tatum and whether or not he's Kobe poisoned after hanging out with Kobe Bryant all summer long. Uh, lots of interesting stuff in this one. And John's a really fun dude. He's a Celtics fan, but hey, he's a fun guy. So we'll appreciate him, I suppose. It's fine. It's gross, but it's fine. Um, so make sure if you are interested in the Celtics at all, you want to get to know get to know the enemy, make sure you're checking out Locked On Celtics with John. We're going to get to that conversation in just a second, but first I want to tell you about our sponsor for today and that is blue chew guys let's talk about sex good sex guys remember the days when you were already always ready to go now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed listen up bluechew.com that's like the color blue bluechew.com brings you the first chewable with the same fda approved active ingredients as viagra and cialis so you know they work it's like a Flintstones vitamin that uh, improves your sexual ability. It's fantastic. You take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor's visit, no waiting in the pharmacy. And best of all, no more awkwardness. They are made in the USA. And since Blue Chew prepares, ships, pre- prepares and ships direct, they are cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit bluechew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code Locked On. Just pay shipping for $5. Again, that's bluechew, B-L-U-E, chew.com, promo code Locked On to try it for free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, here's the conversation with John Corrales. Let's get to it. All right, Sean, so uh, one game down, 81 to go. We ready to fast forward to the conference finals so our two teams can just go ahead and meet up? Yeah, I mean, it feels, <laughs> if there's anything that's preordained about this NBA season, you know, I know the Sixers are there, but also the Sixers are weird. I feel like a Raptors-Celtics conference finals is going to finally happen. I've been waiting for a Raptors-Celtics series for, like, years. I feel like the three years I've been doing this podcast, we've done a show each year and talked about how much we want to see 
the Raptors and Celtics meet up in the postseason. So I think we're finally going to get it, but I guess we have to deal with a regular season matchup first on Friday night. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> uh, I am looking forward to both things. Uh, I do think in I think the East shapes up. There, there are a lot of very good teams in the East at the top. Mm-hmm. I think I think Boston and Toronto are in a class slightly above Philadelphia and Milwaukee. Yeah, uh, and just kind of looking at Philadelphia, having played them just once and having seen their struggles, I I, I think there's a little bit more separation between the Celtics and Raptors and. Philadelphia and the rest of the league, the rest of the East. Like I, I really feel like by the end of the season, it's going to be kind of like a flip the coin. Two teams that are pushing sixty wins. I don't know. What, what did you predict for a win total for for the Raptors this year? Over the course of the preseason, I was asked multiple times in like various podcasts and radio hits and stuff, and like my prediction kind of crept up from the beginning to the end. So by the end of it, I'm I'm like sixty two wins. Like it's happening. I, I think both. The Raptors and Celtics are going to win 60. I think that's that's so, very much in play. I think the bottom of the East is garbage enough that that's just going to bleed a bunch of wins into those totals. And yeah, they might beat up on each other in the Sixers a little bit, but I just think the Celtics and Raptors, their rosters are the two deepest, I think, in the NBA probably. And they are two of the most sort of modern fitting NBA, NBA teams right now. They have multiple ways they can play in ways other teams can't really conform to. And, like, Kawhi Leonard is amazing. And if he plays, you know, last night he looked pretty good for the Raptors. His shooting was still a little bit off. But other than that, I mean, he looked like Kawhi Leonard, and it was awesome. And uh, it was extremely exciting to be in the building to watch him do some of that stuff. And also, if Kyle Lowry's sort of decline that everyone seems to be predicting is still a year or two away, and he's going to play like he did last night, I mean, it's uh, it's really, really exciting. I, I think the the Raptors and Celtics are... I agree. I think they're a tier of their own. And I I honestly think, like, Milwaukee might even be better than the Sixers, like, now. The Sixers I have such a hard time with because of their finish to the season. And, like, I'm always wary of teams that go on crazy runs at the end of the year, especially runs that are powered by Marco Bellinelli and Ursan Ilyasova, who are no longer with them anymore, and also powered by, like, really easy schedules because people kind of forget that that Sixers schedule to end the season was... Green puff. So. Oh my God. Yeah. So easy. Yeah. So, so I just I think it's I'm with you. I think there's a pretty clear division between Boston and Toronto, and how those two shake out, I still don't know. I picked the Celtics to make the finals. I think it it pains me because ugh. But I mean, it's they're a really good team, <laughs> and like I I think Kawhi is the best player in that series, and maybe that's enough to swing it. I think Kyle at. Like, Pete Kyle can be, like, the third or fourth best player in that series, potentially. But I just... The the thing that really is the difference for me is not really so much the stars. It's the, the guys that the Raptors are kind of relying on to take a leap this season. Like, those same guys on the Celtics roster are already what you want them to be. Like, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, that's what the Raptors are hoping their young guys can become. And maybe they will. Pascal Siakam looked awesome last night. Fred Van Vliet suddenly looks like prime TJ Ford with his speed all of a sudden. And so maybe they can take some leap that, you know, fill, you know evens up the scales a little bit in the sort of middle parts of the rosters. But I, uh, I, I, I'm I just going to go with what is already established with the Celtics first, and that is that they have very good players who are already what the Raptors are hoping their guys are going to be. 
Yeah, I, I, now the reason why I put the Celtics above the Raptors, and not just because I'm the Boston guy, but I do think that continuity is a big deal. Mm. You guys have Nick Nurse, you have a new star player. There's There are questions. So until those questions are, are, are answered, I, I think the known quantity just trumps the unknown. And maybe by January we'll have different opinions. But, and obviously... In Toronto, you're probably listening to me and saying that I'm crazy or whatever. But, yeah, Kawhi can be the best player in the series, will be the best player in the series if he's peak Kawhi. Nick Nurse is still figuring it out. Mm-hmm. And he, th- th- there are questions about what he will do with the rotations, with the, you know, can he draw a good out-of-timeout play when you need a basket and you're down two with – four seconds to go there's still things that need to be up. maybe he will mm-hmm. but so for now i think brad stevens who in boston we think is a god i know the rest of the nba is like <laughs> all right pump the brakes but <laughs> brad, brad stevens still though good coach uh a guy who's been there for a long time mm-hmm. uh longer than people realize established players i, I like where boston is positioned more than where Toronto was positioned, but Toronto was still right there. Okay, it's, so it's, it's interesting you mentioned. Let, sorry, just, just quickly, the, okay. the the continuity thing is interesting you mentioned because, like, yes, Brad Stevens is still there, but also, like, it's not going to be easy to work Gordon Hayward into this, is it? I mean, it, it'll be easy because they're good players and they'll figure it out probably. But like by the end of the season, Jason Tatum was like the go-to guy who was the source of pretty much all of Boston's offense in the playoffs. And that was even with Kyrie Irving out too, right? So, and, and I wonder what like Terry Rozier's reaction to maybe the lesser role this season with Kyrie back, and eventually once those minutes kind of scale up for those best guys on the team, like I do wonder if there's going to be some sort of tension within the t- the team dynamic about touches and stuff like that. But hey, maybe they won't, and maybe everyone will just take 13 shots and everyone will be happy with that because they're winning. But do you have any concerns about that? Like, is that there were, some, I, so there were rumors about that kind of in the preseason, and, and you know the, there was talk about the, the, it sort of taking some time to really gel, but is that something that you are actually sort of keeping an eye on? We've always turned our own path. Sorry, autoplay ads. I get scared of those all the time. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. I will cut that out. <laughs> but yeah, is so, there, yeah, is, just, is there a concern for you that maybe this might take a little longer to gel than it would seem. So we, we came into this season, I've kind of said that the Celtics fan approach coming into this season and last season should almost be reversed mm-hmm. because last season was the season that they got all-star Gordon Hayward. They got a top three pick in the draft. They had Kyrie that they just traded for. Last season was the season for like, irrational exuberance but last season they everybody went into the into the season saying all right this is gonna take a little time to come together it's probably gonna be a slow start all of the players are talking about a slow start and obviously Hayward got hurt but they whipped off a 16 game win streak early on Mm -hmm. and this season everybody's coming in like oh my god we were one bad shooting night away from going to the NBA finals without our two stars we're throwing our two stars back in now we're guaranteed to go to the finals like I feel like that's kind of like the overwhelming thing Mm -hmm. it is going to take a little bit more time but I will say that 
in the season opener, we got to see a little bit more of an indication of what this Celtics team could be, more so than the preseason. The preseason was bad. But I feel like we saw Gordon Hayward, who coming back from that injury, when you say integrating Gordon Hayward, you're not just throwing that former all-star Gordon Hayward in. You're you're reintegrating a guy who's coming back from an injury. Mm -hmm. And I'm careful of how to say this because I don't want to make it sound like the injury was a good thing. Right. But the what I'm what I'm saying is integrating Gordon Hayward is easier now because he's coming back from the injury because he has no choice but to go slowly. Right. And they have no choice but to limit him 25 minutes a game right now and everybody's kind of on board with that and if it was just where do we five find 35 minutes for all-star Gordon Hayward that's just a different dynamic and look I, again I, I feel like I need to repeat this I wish we had 35 minute a night Gordon Hayward and I wish he didn't get hurt mm -hmm. but considering the current circumstance having a guy that has no choice but to get slowly worked in actually is not the worst thing in the world because it lets the Celtics slowly figure out how to do that. And they can do something like play Aaron Baines 20 minutes in the first game, and that's okay. And they can slowly kind of figure out combinations, and it's not going to be somebody complaining like, why didn't I get more minutes? Gordon Hayward knows he's going to get 25 minutes, and that's how it's going to be for the first few weeks. And then if that is just what works and the Celtics are at their best with Gordon Hayward playing 25 minutes, then Brad Stevens can be like, all right, for right now, we're just going to kind of roll with this mm -hmm. and let's just see. So there, there are concerns, but it falls, it definitely falls under the, it's a good problem to have with the Celtics because there's just, that just means there's a lot of talent and a lot of guys who can score the ball. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up-to-date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Now, let me flip the question on to you. Yeah. Because you have a guy that is going to get 30-plus minutes, 35 minutes a game in Kawhi Leonard. He played 37 in the opener. Is there any concern about him fitting in with these guys uh, as you try to kind of adjust on the fly in the post-DeRozan era? So it's interesting because on offense, I don't really think it's going to take very long for things to kind of coalesce. And we saw it last night. There were just stretches of that game against the Cavs. And yes, it's the Cavs, but there were stretches of that game where, you know, their defense would lead to offense and they would have these possessions where it's all read and react. And that's what the Raptors offense is, right? And Nick Nurse was the architect of the offense that was really good last season and was still good in the playoffs. It was the defense that fell apart. And I do think the offense is just going to kind of carry over. And the things that Kawhi Leonard does well are kind of the same things DeRozan did well. He just does them better, right? Like, he's still, like, Kawhi will not, he's not afraid of a mid-range shot. He, he likes those shots. He likes to ISO. 
Um, and, and he is a pretty good driving kick guy as well. He made a couple really nice bullet passes last night when, when teams were sending doubles, when, when the Cavs were sending doubles at him that were just like straight out of the DeRozan playbook. So I think just like the style of player that Kawhi is, is going to fit into the offense nicely. And everyone else is pretty much, so it's, it's such a fine-tuned offensive machine. And the, the, the units that have played together so many minutes, like there's just a lot of familiarity there between a lot of these guys. So I, I'm not even worried about the offense at all. The defense, I think, will take some time, and it's interesting because, you know, I think a lot of people sort of assume defense comes first, but this is a team that has been overcompensating for their best player, or not their best player, their second best player, who is a absolute defensive liability for years, and I think it's going to be a bit of an adjustment to, you know, for all these guys to learn how to play with Kawhi and sort of where he's going to uplift them and where they can sort of cheat in here and there and where they can kind of find edges just because he's on the court and he's going to mop up a lot of mistakes. Also, having Danny Green out there is very nice. Like, there's just a lot more defensive chops. I mean, last night during the game, there was a moment where the Raptors had C.J. Miles and Serge Ibaka on the floor together, and I was like, this is maybe the worst defensive lineup they can put together because everyone else on the team is at worst a average defender, and, you know, most of them are much better than that. So... It's not like the talent's not there for the defense to be good. I just think it's learning each other and sort of, you know, I think Nurse as well, I think his defense this season is going to be a lot more aggressive. The Raptors were a very sort of conservative drop back scheme last season. Didn't really go for all that many steals or turnovers or anything like that. They were just kind of, all right, we're going to force teams into bad shots and we're going to rebound those bad shots and we're going to go down and play offense. This time around, I think they're going to be much more proactive in trying to turn the ball over. And, you know, you saw last night against the Cavs, that led to a lot of fouling. And that was a weird game. There was like 54 fouls combined in that game. It was not an interesting game to watch from that perspective. But I do think the sort of the the instincts and the just comfortability with playing that kind of defense will come around. And eventually it'll take some But it's going to take some time because these guys don't know each other. They've not played a ton of minutes with Kawhi obviously already and they're just kind of learning how to play with a guy like that and also you have Serge Ibaka and Jonas Valanciunas just like never playing together anymore and they're just they're, they're pretty much just the two centers at this point and it's going to take some time for I think the bench unit to learn how to play with Serge off the bench playing center there instead of him playing power forward and picking and popping and not really being near the basket at all and it's going to you know take some time there but again like the offense is not a concern for me it's going to be really good and the defense i think will eventually get there and be top 3 to 6 in the league but early on in the year there might be some growing pains yeah well i mean that's to be expected for a new team uh, yeah. i thought getting danny green was such a a key element to that trade it's insane that they got him also in this trade it's 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 just bonkers like what a trade yeah like <laughs> I mean, obviously the trade is for Kawhi, but getting Danny Green out of it was just, it addressed such a glaring need, and it, to me, like, that makes the trade just perfect for for what uh, Toronto was trying to do. Danny Green's not better than DeMar DeRozan, but he would have been better for the Raptors in that Cavs series last year, I have no doubt in my mind, than DeMar DeRozan. And, like, they would have won games, I think, if he's playing, yeah. Look, we're talking about Danny Green with DeMar DeRozan, and you got Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. Like that, you guys needed defense and you needed shooting and willing shooters, and mm-hmm. you got both, and you got uh, a potential top five, at worst top ten player. So uh, that's that's going to be a big deal. And when the Celtics and 
Raptors eventually meet if the prophecy is to come to fruition. <laughs> Having that best player in the series is always going to be that thing that people point to and say, well, maybe the Celtics have this, this, and this, but the Raptors have Kawhi. And we've seen Kawhi go off and have a finals MVP kind of series. So that's always going to be a concern for uh, for Celtics fans whenever we, we face up. So let, let me ask you this. How yeah. close – I didn't get a – I saw the box score. I saw that Kawhi had a – not the best shooting night, but a 24-12 and 12 game and a pretty nice game mm-hmm. overall. How did he look to you? He looks uh, healthy and eager to hunt contact and – like there's a lot of bursts there. There were a couple possessions where there was a loose ball around half court, and he would just gun for it and pick it up. And there was a clear path foul at one point um, that the Cavs committed on him. And his drives looked really. There were a couple sort of clunky ones, I suppose, but for the most part, they were calculated and hard to guard. Like that is a physical. I think the thing I wasn't prepared for watching Kawhi because like I've watched Kawhi before, obviously, but like I guess never as intently as I used to. It's just like, he's enormous and he is a really good <laughs> post-up player and he kind of, the, the Raptors are using him kind of interestingly in the, in the post and like they're just inviting all these doubles and trusting him to make these passes and get the offense cycling and it's it's leading to really beautiful results and then his drives are just so hard to stop. He's a really hard player to contain. I mean, he's a top 10 player. Of course, he's, he's hard to contain. Um, but it's just, to a degree, his offense is a lot more refined, I guess, than I ever would have given him credit for. And even, like, going 9 of 22 last night, you could see it. A lot of them were, like, misses that you're going to live with and that are eventually yeah. going to go in. Like, Nick Nurse even talked about that. It's one of my favorite things, actually, about Nick Nurse is he can't even contain himself when he talks about Kawhi. Like, he just breaks out into a <laughs> smile whenever he's like... Yeah, he's good. Uh, he's he's really good at basketball, and our team is awesome. Like you, you can't really contain the joy, which I very much appreciate. Well, imagine being Nick Nurse and saying, "Okay, we we have been pretty good, but I just watched my head coach get canned. Mm-hmm. He, we need we needed to do something. Now here I am. Yeah. I've got basically the same team, and then." You know, Masai Ujiri comes in and goes, uh, no, actually, we're going to give you Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> yeah. And, and no wonder he's freaking happy. I'd be like, uh, yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. Imagine being a first-time head coach and being like, yeah, I get Kawhi Leonard. And, oh, by the way, Kyle Lowry, who remains underrated, is, you know, like, okay, sure. I get a team that is consensus top one or two. All right, sure, I guess I'll take it. <laughs> it's uh, I, I appreciate that you recognize Kyle Lowry's underratedness. I feel like the Celtics are one of like Celtics fans are one of a few groups of fans who just kind of know because it hasn't happened in the playoffs because they've never met. But like Kyle has had some games against Boston, so it's always nice when like I think Utah fans also kind of recognize Kyle as amazing because he always torches Utah for some reason. I don't know. Shouts to David Locke. Um. I have a question for you. Shoot. What? How do you feel about Jason Tatum hanging out with Kobe and talking to Kobe so much? <laughs> you're a Celtics fan, first of all. I sure, I'm sure you're a fan of egalitarian basketball, anything that opposes what Kobe Bryant represented. Sure. Is there a worry that Jason Tatum might be Kobe poisoned? 
Well, that's been a topic of conversation. <laughs> uh, the the thing about that is we have the perfect antidote to Kobe poison, mm-hmm. and that's Brad Stevens. Okay. And so, yes, like we are aware that <laughs> the, the stories are out there, but we saw him working out with Kobe. We have heard ad nauseum that Kobe Bryant was Jason Tatum's favorite player, and so I'm not going to begrudge the guy for going and working out with his favorite player. Like, we look at it as, it's pretty cool that a, a young star player gets to work out with an old former superstar player. But it's hard to really grasp that for a 20-year-old kid who's just kind of getting into this to go work out with his idol, mm-hmm. that's, that's, I mean, that's heavy. That's heavy shit. That mm-hmm. is heavy shit. And, like, it's... There's going to be certainly some mimicking and some kind of over-application of what Kobe said. Because it's your damn hero telling you, uh, you know, you should do this and this. You'd be like, yes, sir. <laughs> like, that's th- those weren't two peers working out. That was Jason Tatum starstruck, guaranteed starstruck, and ready to apply every damn lesson that Kobe tried to teach him. Now... Some of that is not great, but there's a calming down, I think, coming back and playing with his teammates and playing under Brad Stevens and playing under a structure and having people say, okay, that's great that you're going to cook and try to take these long twos, but no, don't take these long twos. Uh, I'm a proponent of mid-range jumpers. I think mid-range jumpers definitely have a place in today's NBA. Mm -hmm. I'm okay with him driving, taking two dribbles in and taking a 15-footer. I think what you're talking about, the Kobe being Kobe poisoned, was <laughs> we saw it a lot in the preseason where he would find, he'd make a move, up fake, whatever, take a step inside the, the three-point line or two steps inside the three-point line and shoot from there. That that shit's not going to fly. And, and eventually that will get beaten out of him in film sessions over and over and over again. And I, I think he's he's young enough and he's in a good enough stable situation where Kyrie and Al Horford and Gordon Hayward and Brad Stevens and the coaching staff and Danny Ainge will all tell him if he's doing something consistently wrong. So I get your point. I get what you're saying. I will not be triggered by this. And I feel comfortable about the support system beating out any bad habits that he might have picked up in any other knowledge that Kobe might have dropped on him. It's okay. The Raptors traded a DeMar DeRozan and the Celtics acquired one. That's 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 great. It's fun. It's a <laughs> <laughs> uh, friend of Locked On Raptors, Joey Devine, the head, the uh, the host of Round Ball Rock, has coined the phrase "toxic mambalinity." I, uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. I as a person whose uh, interests lie in the Celtics not beating the Raptors, I'm hoping for that to be the case. I, I Jason Tatum's nice. I'm sure he's a nice guy. But if he uh, if he gets lost in uh, an identity an identity crisis for a couple of years here, I won't complain. <laughs> uh, sure, I'm sure. I'm sure. Just like I'm happy to see the Raptors doing so well and in, in acquiring, making a bold move from to 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 get uh, Kawhi Leonard. But I also wouldn't be crushed if he said, "Okay, that was a fun year. We'll see you later." <laughs> so yeah, you know, we. We each got our thing that's going on with the, the other team. Like, I love the Raptors. I, I've always rooted 
for the Raptors and thought like they, I, I like that Toronto has the team. I love that Toronto has been good. I think that basketball in Canada is a, is a great thing. But it sucks that you're in the same division because I, I can't have you guys be too good. I just can't. Yeah. Like it's just goes against my personal interests. I wish so. I I wish I shared the feelings about the Celtics, but you guys have everything. You don't need my love. No, no. So Wait, look, I was in Boston like this you. summer. I, I am disappointed I didn't go an egg TD Garden. I gotta say. <laughs> <laughs> look, I, I will say that I, I'm I don't speak for all Bostonians, but. Uh, I speak for about ninety nine point nine percent when I say I, I I love the fact that we're hated. Like I okay, that's good. Like I always say, back when I was playing, my favorite thing to to hear was silence on the road. Yeah. Because I I would rather antagonize and shut up opposing fans than to hear the uh, adoration of home fans that just comes with no matter what. So I have I, I there's definitely I get it. This is, I'm sure Toronto Raptors fans who are listening to me say that go, you son of a bitch. Like, <laughs> I get it. I get it. I love it. Um, I I will occasionally, I'm not a troll on Twitter. I definitely am not a troll on Twitter. But I'll occasionally toss a trollish tweet here and there just to just because I'm on Twitter and i got to throw it. You, know, you can't be on Twitter and never troll. Who among us has not had the urge to do that? I mean, go just, sure. Yeah. So I'll throw I'll throw a little something at the Raptors fans every once in a while. But. <laughs> um, should we maybe like make a pick for the Friday night's game or what? Like, how do you want to wrap yeah, this thing? Let's yeah. Do let, it. Let's let's. All right. The Odd Shark right now has the Raptors as three point favorites. Oh really? Yes. Uh, the Raptors are very good at home. Obviously, I'm not sure exactly what goes into you know. I guess they're kind of calling it a toss up. I guess with three points being the difference. So um, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and this is this is the thing. I think it's very much a toss-up matchup, and, and until we see more of it, obviously. But like, if I was to be asked to pick who's going to win the conference finals, I'm flipping a coin. I think I'd, it probably lands on the Boston side of things more a little more often, but like, it's very close. So this this line makes some sense. Uh, what are you feeling? What, what what do you got in your guts about this game on Friday night? Well, I. I... I'm going to say that um, considering that, like right now, there's still so much in flux. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, obviously, I'm gonna go Boston. I, I think what Boston can do that can mess with the Raptors is still defend when you guys start a more traditional two big lineup. They can, they can defend those lineups. But they can also be a matchup problem offensively because if you go with Ibaka and Valanciunas, who do you defend when the Celtics... If the Celtics throw out uh, Kyrie, Hayward, Tatum, Brown, and Horford, who does Ibaka guard? Who does Valanciunas guard? Well, I like just don't that, think we're going to see that at all. Like, we're, I don't think we're going to see those two play with each other barely I would, I, like That would be very bad if you did. Yeah. They, they didn't play uh, any minutes. They didn't have any overlap last night, and it worked really well. Serge was only 2 for 10, but he had a really nice game defensively and rebounding and, and just kind of being an active energy dude, which was interesting because normally he uh, doesn't really care. <laughs> but So, yeah, I, I, honestly, I'm fascinated to see how the starting lineup's going to go for the Raptors because Nick Nurse is not committing himself to a starting five right now. He's just trying stuff out. He started Pascal Siakam at the four last night. I would imagine we'll probably see OG and OG Ananobi start tomorrow. I'm the thing I'm most curious to see is if they're gonna bust out the Siakam at center lineup at some point against Al Horford, 
because I think Siakam can hang there. Siakam was guarding Kevin Love and Rodney Hood last night at different times. Like, he can guard anybody. So if there's a team, again, maybe maybe they want to save it for a time where it matters more. But if there's a team against whom I think the Raptors are going to bust out that Siakam at center with OG, Kawhi, Danny Green, and Kyle Lowry lineup, I think it's probably the Celtics. And if that's the case, oh boy, it's going to be a rocking good time at the Scotiabank Arena. Yeah, because I, yeah. I don't know how often we're going to see Siakam at center. This is one of the matchups where I'm kind of circling. Um, but yeah, I, I, I've just, I don't think we're going to see the Raptors go two bigs ever. That's just not going to be a thing. I would hope not. I would hope not. Um, it, it, look, if, if the Celtics, and the thing is the Celtics are flexible when it comes to, like the Celtics can, if, if you do, then they can throw out that small line to really, really be able, like I said, they can defend that lineup while being a matchup problem in offense. If you don't throw out that lineup and you go with OG and Pascal Siakam, then they can still, like, that, that still poses a problem because mm-hmm. Al Horford does so many different things. I think Al Horford is, like, the most important player in a series like this because of his versatility as a big. He can pick and pop. He can make passes. He can post up. Uh, I love, love, love running the offense through Al in the post and cuts behind him and going back door. Mm-hmm. It's just so much that the Celtics can do. Uh, I've, I'm a big believer in the Celtics offense becoming an elite offense this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, they didn't shoot well. They shot 43% in the opening game, but they put up 97 shots. So if the Celtics can, I, I, they certainly won't average 97 shots, but if they can get somewhere in that 90 range and get better shooting nights than Kyrie Irving, who was two of 14 and Jalen Brown, who was five of 13 and Gordon Hayward, who was four of 12, those things aren't going to happen very often. They got a lot of shots that they, like, like Kawhi, shots that were makeable that they missed, I, I like what the Celtics offense can be. I really think that the Celtics offense can be almost unguardable if they are operating at their peak. And the question really is, the biggest question for the Celtics is, can they get to that peak? Mm-hmm. And if they, if they can get there, where Hayward is a distributor as well as a threat to shoot, where Horford is a distributor as well as a threat to shoot, and Tatum is doing what he does, and Kyrie Irving is doing what he does, and Jalen Brown can be just decent, and I think he's going to be better than decent. Like, that's, that five is going to be just a massive headache for any team in the league. Yeah, I'm extremely jazzed for this matchup. I'll take the Raptors because why the hell not? Yeah, <laughs> why not? Who cares? It doesn't matter. No one's going to remember these predictions anyway. Um, but... I. The, the chess match between Nick Nurse and Brad Stevens in this entire regular season series is going to be fascinating to me because of what we said off the top, like this is the most likely conference finals matchup and I wonder if they're going to try to bust out all the stops in the regular season. But like, even if they're not really trying to do it, I think it's just going to happen by default because there's so many good players on both teams. Like they both run so deep and with different skills and different lineups they can throw out. Like it's going to be a really interesting chess match all season long, and it's going to start on Friday night. It's uh, I'm super, super fascinated. I'm, I'm excited. I really am excited. Uh, can't wait to see how it goes. Uh, well, I guess we'll just save the rest. You're right. This is No one's going to reveal anything in Game 2 of a very long season against a team that 
you have to face a bunch more against a team that's in your division and then against a team that is very likely going to be your Eastern Conference Finals opponent. So they will not play all of their cards here. This is very early in the poker game, and we've got we still got a big stack to go in this. So uh, it's still going to be fun, man. I'm excited. I'm glad. I'm glad we get to do this this year. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. I, yeah. I, I was sick of talking to Chris Manning about all <laughs> the, the, the Cavs and how they match up yeah. with the Raptors. I'm kidding. I love Chris. He was on. On Tuesday. Screw he's, that guy. He's fine. <laughs> the nicest guy. In the oh my god, the best. <laughs> but screw that guy. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's mostly just screw the Cavs uh, at this point. We can uh, come, uh, come to common ground on that at least. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. Of course, of course. All right, man. Uh, uh, I guess we should uh, promote some stuff. Yeah. Locked on Raptors. Subscribe, rate, review on iTunes. Uh, obviously, do the same with Locked on Celtics as well, and the entire Locked on Podcast Network. The if you it's still early in the season, so the previews are still apt. If you want to go check out the yep. Locked On NBA preview from last week, you also host one day of Locked On NBA each uh, week as well, right? Wednesday nights, me and Jake Madison from Locked On Pelicans, we have our our Locked On NBA night. You guys do an Just awesome fun. job with that too. So thanks. Yeah, all of the Locked On stuff is very good. We're we're very much coming into our own now in our third season of operation. I think so. If you find a show, whether it's football, basketball college sports baseball even subscribe baseball. support it yeah it's uh it's a, it's a it's a good way to get a good local perspective on the team that you like or the team that you're interested in you don't even have to like them if you dislike the Celtics <laughs> I'm sure locked on Celtics will still be good for you to learn about the Celtics you guys do an okay job I suppose yeah look <laughs> I I am very willing to accept hate listens hate listen our show all day long <laughs> I am very happy I don't care Hate listen, love listen, whatever. That's fine with me. <laughs> All right, John. This was awesome. Thanks, man. I'll talk to you later. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.